Thank you for the privilege tonight to come together and to study your word. We thank you for your spirit. It gives us wisdom and understanding that we have eyes to see, Lord, and ears to hear that our hearts are open and receptive to what you would say to us. We purpose, Lord, that what we hear tonight will be doers and not just hearers of the word only. We'll leave here different than we came. Pray these things in Jesus' name. If you believe that, say amen. We'll smile real big at somebody before you sit down. Glory to God. I always wonder, you know, those folks that are watching online from all over, if they're looking over at somebody and smiling before they sit down. So, maybe you leave a comment or something, let me know. I was going to start out tonight because it's, it's Father's Day, and because I'm a dad, and because I've got dad jokes... Somebody told me one time that my jokes were older than my grandmother's foot and twice as corny. No, sorry. That's terrible. That's a terrible way to start. My wife told me uh, I, uh, that I could tell one joke, uh, one corny joke for Father's Day, and I messed it up and told it in the speaker's room, and now I don't have one. So there you go. Got a couple of scriptures we want to go to tonight. Uh, we are glad you're here. If you brought your Bible, I want to encourage you to look at it. It'll be on the screen, but if you got your Bible, uh, write these things down, and we'll believe God together that he'll reveal some stuff to us. I want you to go to Genesis 12 and Matthew 4. Genesis 12 and Matthew 4. And while you're finding your place, why don't you say this with me? Say, I'm always in the right place at the right time with the right people. Now that didn't, I know that's not original to me, but I've heard folks say that over the years and uh, I, I caught a hold of it because I couldn't think of anything better in my life than to be in the right place at the right time with the right people. Because for so much of my life, I was in the wrong places at the wrong times with the wrong people. Anybody else ever been there? And to be in the right place at the right time with the right people means something to me because it means that I am in step with what God is calling me to do. And I can't think of anything more valuable in my life than being right in the middle of his will, doing what he's called me to do. The title of my message tonight is Go Places. 
And what I mean by go places isn't locations, it's God-ordained places. There are some go places that each and every one of us has within the kingdom of God. There are some things that God wants to do. And one of the the, the greatest things that I ever discovered, and maybe you were quicker at discovering this than me, but when I discovered that God had something specific for me to do within the kingdom of God, that I didn't have to live my life by accident, that I was going to be a part of something greater than myself, that God would would use me with all of the baggage that I've had and all the places I've been and all the wrong that I had done, that God would use me to do something for the kingdom of God. What an honor. Amen? And not just to use me, but he'll use you too. Isn't that right? The scripture tells us in Jeremiah uh, 1.5, it says, before I formed you in the womb, right? He said, I knew you. And then we read in Jeremiah 29.11, he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Isn't that right? He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. So we have, uh, we have scriptural precedent that if, if God is no respecter of persons, that if he'll tell Jeremiah that he has plans for him, that before he formed him in the womb that he knew him, if he tells Israel in Jeremiah 29, 11, that there are some things that, that he, he wants to do for, the, for his people, then you and I can expect that just the same as Jeremiah, just the same as Israel, there are some things that God will have in store for us. Amen. That's encouraging to me. So this evening I had it on my heart to share with you some things that I think are vital for fulfilling God's purpose or being uh, in our God ordained place. And so if you'll, if you look with me at our scripture, the first one is Genesis 12, beginning with verse one it says, now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I'll show you and I'll make you a great nation. And I'll bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I'll bless those that bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Verse 4 says, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And then over in Matthew 4, beginning with verse 18, it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So when I read these passages, there's some things in particular that I believe that we can see that will help us to understand this idea of a God-ordained place. That God, if you'll allow him to, uh, to move in your life, if you'll allow him to put you in the place that he's called you to or the thing that he's called you to do, God will have some great things in store for you. And we can see again, these scriptures show us precedent where God is telling someone if they'll leave this and go here, if they'll follow, he'll make them something. Isn't that right? Here's the first thing I want to share with you is this. It's fulfilling the plan of God for our life requires taking steps of faith. 
If we're going to fulfill the plan of God that he has for us, it's going to require that we take steps of faith. I grew up in a, uh, a really small town in southern Illinois. I, uh, I say sometimes because my wife is from Kentucky that, that that's where I'm from because that happens a lot of times. You marry someone and wherever they're from, that's where, you know, you go. So I say I was, uh, I was born in Illinois and I got to Kentucky as quick as I could so, because that's where I found my wife. But in that small town where I was at in, in Illinois, it was the, it was the most southern uh, county in the state of Illinois. And it was actually, if you look currently, and it's been this way for a number of years, it's the most impoverished county uh, in the entire state of Illinois. There was nothing there. It was a, literally, it was a food desert. There was no, uh, no grocery store. There was no gas station. We had a flea market, and that was where, like, they sold Cokes and stuff. And as a kid, you could go to the flea market and you could get a drink or something. But we lived in a little Section 8 neighborhood there in this town. And the only thing in the town were people in these Section 8 neighborhoods, this, these houses. But I had dreams of doing something beyond where I was at. From the, from the little community where I lived, there was a bridge that you could see. We used to go and sit on the sign at the entrance of the, the little community where we lived. There was a, a brick sign, and my friends and I would go and we would sit on top of that sign, and you could see the bridge in the distance that led over to Missouri. And I was convinced in my young mind that that bridge could get me anywhere. Because when I looked behind me, there was nothing. I mean, between me and, and, and Missouri, on the other side of that bridge was the Mississippi River. Behind me was just fields and houses and nothing else. No, uh, no modern conveniences of any kind, really. So anytime I needed something, I had to go across that bridge in order to get it. Our grocery store was across the bridge. Our gas station was across the bridge. If we ever did go on a vacation, it was across the bridge. Uh, if I ever experienced another state, it was across the bridge. That place where I lived became comfortable to me because I knew everything around me and all the adventures of life were on the other side of that bridge. But in our, in our lives, I think sometimes when God is calling us out of something like we see in both of these passages of Scripture, we can be in a place and be in a position of comfort where it's all we've ever known and we're not willing to move out. Imagine what it must have been like, because I, I, I think of me in that little town. From that town, it was my launching place that I went lots of other places in my life. A at one point, uh, I, I ended up joining the Navy. I went to college. I moved off to Kentucky, and that's where I met my wife. I ended up coming to Bible college. But all of those things started in this launching off point that felt so comfortable. My family lived around me. Everything that was in the town was familiar to me. I knew all the neighbors. So when we see a story like Abraham, and it says that the Lord said to him, get out of your country, away from your kin, to a land that I'll show you, I know that there has to be in your mind, as just as a human being, there has to be in your mind something that says, wait a minute, this all seems comfortable. This seems like this is a, I'm in a good place right here. What do you mean leave my family, leave my, well, and then when you, you think about in Matthew 4, when he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Well, they were in their family business. They were in their, uh, they were mending or washing nets. Isn't that right? And so now you're saying, you're telling me leave the family business? 
and let's go do something different? I don't know about that. You think about when, when God said that to Abram, he, even, he didn't even tell him where he was going. He said, to a land that I will show you. Isn't that right? So it takes a level of faith for us to go to the place that God's calling us and to leave those things that are familiar. I remember back when, you know, if you're here and you attended Rama, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you're online and you're considering attending Rama, you may be thinking about these things yourself. But I remember when I came here and I left the the familiarity of the place that I was born and raised. And, you know, when I needed a job, we had, we called it, they've got a different name for it, uh, but we call it the good old boy system. I didn't open a newspaper to get a job. I just talked to friends and they said, oh, you know, they're hiring over at this place. Isn't that right? That's how you do, you know, you're back home in a small place. They say, oh, we can get you a job. I'll call my uncle. Right? When the Lord started dealing with us to come here and to attend Ramah, uh, we didn't have that network here. We had to launch out in faith. We had to make some steps in the direction that God was calling us, not knowing everything that was going to happen to us when we got here. And that takes faith. And anybody who got here, got here the same way. You were stepping out into something that didn't seem familiar to you. You were going someplace and doing something new. And you were saying, I don't know, I don't know everything about it. I don't know the, the how. I don't know uh, all the stuff, all the steps that are involved. But I do know God is calling me here. So I'm putting one foot in front of the other. And I'm taking a step out and I'm going to go. Amen. Right? So I think all of us understand what it means to step out in faith, that that when we do that, it's a decision that we made. Isn't that right? Nobody forced you. Sometimes, you know, I used to say that. I used to say, I wish God would just make me do stuff. You know, why didn't God just make this happen? But the reality of that is nobody wants anybody making them do anything, right? Right? And I'll prove that to you. You know, if I'm, you know, my wife and I, I've decided I'm going to lose a little bit of weight. And if I said, you know, I'm done eating donuts. I'm not eating any more donuts. I'm finished with donuts. And then that's on Sunday night when I go home. Monday morning, I get up and I'll say, you know what sounds good for breakfast? Donuts. And so I put it up to my mouth and she comes up behind me and she smacks it out of my hand. It might be funny once, once. I don't even know if it's funny one time, especially if it's glazed. So so it might be funny once, but how many of you know if every time that I went to put a donut or some kind of sweet in my mouth, she was there around the corner, gotcha, knocked it out of my hand, I wouldn't want to be around her, right? Why? Because that's imposed will. That's somebody else imposing their will on me because I've changed my mind. So really, we say sometimes we want God to make us do something, but we don't. We wouldn't want God making us do it, and he knows that. He wants us to make a conscious decision to choose to follow him. 
And so it takes a level of faith to do that. We have to be willing to step out and follow him. Pastor Hagen says this in his book, How to Fulfill Your Divine Destiny. He says, you and I have two choices. He says, we can either fold our hands and succumb to complacency, or we can fulfill our divine destiny. And then he says it again. He reiterates the point. He says, every day you are faced with two choices. It's a choice. We had to make a decision to get here. And I want you to know that decision was your step of faith, that God called you to do something and you stepped out. And if you ever got uh, confused or wondered if you had heard from God, uh, I don't know if I should do this, if I should step out. When you came and you followed God, that first step when you came here, let's say. And you, show, you saw that God showed himself faithful. You go back to that place and you remind yourself of that place every time you've got to take another step of faith and you've got something to stand on. You remember God's faithfulness in the past. Amen? But it was our decision to follow him and it took faith for us to step out. And not everybody is willing to do that. I, there, was a, there was a friend back home that I can remember having a conversation with him and I could take you to the spot. He and I uh, had a call of God on our lives, both of us at the same time, felt like God was doing some things in our lives. And he outlined the entire plan to me one day. This is what, man, here's what I believe God is calling me to do. He wants me to go to this place. When I get there, this is the thing that I'm supposed to do. Many had it in great detail. And I could take you to the exact spot where he told me that. And you could ask him yourself because he's still there. He never moved. He stayed in that place. It takes us making a decision that we're going to, when God says, get out of your country and away from your kin to a land that I'll show you. And he said, I'll make of you a great nation. He said, in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. When Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, you and I had to, you know, we have to step out in faith like they stepped out in faith if we're going to be made into what God has called us to be. Amen. Thank you for that rousing burst of silence. In order for us to get into our God-ordained place, we've got to step out in faith. We've got to make a decision that whatever God calls me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say yes to him. But here's the next step in that process, something that I see from that scripture. The second thing is this, not only does it take faith for us to step out, the second thing is, Fulfilling God's plan requires that we stay the course. Not only does it require faith, it requires our faithfulness. If we're going to be in our God-ordained place, we have to be faithful to stay there no matter what. And man, let me tell you what no matter what is. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the or what. You know, when you start following God and you're, you're, you've got, you know the plan of God for your life and he calls you out of wherever you're at and you take steps in faith, man, it's not very long before the enemy tries to put something in your tracks to try to get you off course. Because he knows that if you're going to fulfill the plan that God has for you, it's going to require that you stay the course. You know, believing God real strong for three days and quitting will get you the exact same results as never believing God at all? Because we have to believe God until. Isn't that right? 
just because we started out in faith and hey, you know, you know, pat yourself on the back there because that's a big thing. Not everybody does it, but we have to stay in faith and we have to be faithful where God has called us to be. I'm not sure that people who haven't walked in your shoes will ever realize what we give up sometimes in order to be where God called us to be. Now, I can promise you it's always worth it, but the enemy will remind us in the tough spots of those things that we left behind and try to tell us that we can go back to those things and everything will be fine. Man, wish, I wish I was back. You know, have we heard that before? You ever heard that? Uh, would to God, King James Version, would to God we were back in Egypt with the flesh pots? Isn't that right? Well, at least we were eating there. Now here you are going into a land, uh, 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 your own land, and you're going to experience freedom, but you're saying, man, we ought to go back to where we were before. I've heard people say this over the years. We've pastored in a number of places. We, we had the privilege of being uh, associate pastors for Pastor Yoda and Miss Leah for a while. And man, you talk about uh, learning some stuff. I, I don't know if I, I didn't know if I knew how to get in out of the rain sometimes. What for Pastor Yoder helping me through some of the things he did? <laughs> there were times where we would struggle and I would be serving him and know that I was in the, in the position that God had called me to, but in hard places sometimes where we would deal with difficulties, I would start having these ideas about just going back where I was from. I mean, I'll just go back and I'll, I'll go do what I was doing before. But if I'm going to experience what God is calling me to, what he wants me to do in the kingdom of God, this plan or this God-ordained thing, I'm going to have to stay the course no matter what it is that comes up in my life, no matter what it is that tries to get me off course. You know, that's something I think that is so unique about this ministry. When you look at the history of all of the, the things that were done to bring us as a Rama family to the place that we are today. If you think about the reach that we have, I have part of the opportunity that I have here at the ministry, I get to work with the Word Partner Club stuff, which is an awesome thing to be able to be a part of the partnership of this ministry. But in doing that, sometimes I get to read or listen to some, some really interesting things. And I was listening not too long ago to uh, Miss Aretha Hagen talking about uh, the word, she was talking to the Word Partner Club members, and she mentions faithfulness. And so I did a little bit of looking at that. We don't sometimes think, I, you know, because Brother Hagen was in pulpit ministry, Pastor Hagen and, and Miss Lynette Hagen are in pulpit ministry. Miss Aretha was serving faithfully in ministry, but she wasn't in a pulpit ministry. She's got a book that's called The Price is Not Greater Than God's Grace. I was looking in the book the other day. It's only like 92 pages. It's a great book, but in that 92 pages, 110 times, it says the word faithful or faithfulness. How many of you know she probably knew something about it? Amen? Let me read you a quote that she said. Back in 1989, she said this to the Word Partners. She said, I go with my husband every crusade he goes. I've been doing that for years. We get tired in body, but it's so rewarding. Every night when you see those people come to give their heart to God, and most of them are young people in their teens and their 20s and their 30s, 
no matter how tired you get, we're out there to do the work of God, and we've done this for years. Then she said this. She said, what if we hadn't been faithful? What if we hadn't stayed true? She said, there never would have been a book to go to prison. There never would have been books to go into Peru and all the other countries we have missionaries in. She said, but God is so faithful. She goes on and she's thanking the partners. She said, you know, without you partners, we couldn't do this. She said, but what if I hadn't been faithful? What if we hadn't been faithful? What if we hadn't been true? And so as I'm studying along this line and I'm looking at this issue of faithfulness, I start thinking about that faithfulness. What if they hadn't been faithful? What if they hadn't stayed true? You ever think about when you hear Pastor Hagen telling the stories about how he left Texas and, and he came here and he had no preaching responsibilities? You, can you imagine how hard, how difficult that would have been on a person's flesh? That was weak. <laughs> okay, all of a sudden I thought y'all jumped out of your earth suits. You forgot what flesh felt like. <laughs> Imagine how hard that is on your flesh to go from preaching responsibilities to no preaching responsibility. What if, what if Pastor Hagen would have said to, to Brother Hagen, thank you, but no thank you, I'm going to stay down here. We've heard uh, Mrs. Hagen tell the story about how when they got here and times were tight in the beginning and she had her cosmetology license and she decided that she was going to go and start cutting hair so she could make money. And the Lord said to her, is that how you want to take care of your family? Is this, is this the direction? And she had to make a decision. What if she'd have made a different decision? You know, you think about that with just this ministry in its entirety. When you think about Pastor Craig, and he's got an accounting degree. He could go, you know, he's told us, he stood up here and told us about wanting to make money. He said he, when he was a kid, he just wanted to make a bunch of money and just have one good idea. Remember, he said, just get the, that, the right idea, you can make some money. You think about Pastor Denise when she was in high school and she wanted to go into fashion design and the Lord said uh, that he wanted her instead to get her degree in early childhood. And then I think about my own kids who two of them uh, have, uh, have been on, my, my two daughters have now been on the mission field. Uh, my son, all three serving God. I can remember my, my son was, was little bitty. And we had been out here, and Pastor Hagen, I wear this bracelet. I cannot be defeated, and I will not quit. I've held on to that for years. My son would be playing baseball, and he'd be upset about something, and I'd say, say it, buddy. He couldn't barely get it out of his mouth. I cannot be defeated, and I will not quit. And the only thing he had in his heart was to play college baseball, and he pushed through, and eventually he ended up doing that, but he had this attitude of, I cannot be defeated, and I will not quit. And where did he get that? Here? What if we hadn't been faithful? What if we hadn't stayed true? What if we hadn't been faithful? The scripture says in Genesis, it says, now the Lord appeared to Abram and said, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land that I'll show you and I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and I'll make your name great. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. 
in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Jesus said in Matthew 4, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And sometimes we think about the I'll make you and we're like, we're going to be made people. We're going to be made into something. But then he says, fishers of men, meaning what? That evidently you're going to be made something, but it's going to affect other people. Isn't that right? Pastor Hagen said it this morning. He said this, he said, he was talking about the prodigal son. He said, because the father was who he should be, the son could become what he could be. I'm going to say that to you again. Because the father was who he should be, the son could become what he could be. What does that mean? Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Men are waiting. Men and women are waiting. God said to Abraham, get out, to Abram, he said, get out of your country and away from your kin. He said, to a land that I'll show you. I'll make your name great. He said, in you, all the nations. It's about other people. Our faithfulness to get in position where God has called us to be is not just about us. It's about other people. And it requires faithfulness on our part in order to be able to be in the position to reach other people. My kids are a product of the ministry that Rama has put forth. They helped me to raise my kids and your kids, amen, into another generation doing what we do in this ministry. We're teaching people the message of faith, and we're helping to usher in the second coming of the Lord Jesus, Amen. We're doing that because we're doing our part. I remember when I was a student here and they said, you ought to get involved. You need to find somewhere to get involved. So I got my application and I filled it out. I, you know, I prayed about it. I wanted to make sure I was in the right spot. And I thought ushering is for me. And so I filled out the application and a couple of weeks went by and my, uh, my friends that are also volunteering, other students, they were getting calls and stuff. And I thought they have found some sin in my life and they are not going to let me serve. <laughs> Don't look at me so pious. <laughs> Turns out brother Brian Cumberland was on vacation and when he got back, he did call me and he told me I could serve. But I've said this for years in pastoring churches I left here better prepared, and this will help you even if you're not attending Rama Bible Church. If you're watching online, this will help you in your church. But if Rama is our institution of higher learning when it comes to the Bible, then Rama Bible Church is our technical school. You know, like a college, you can earn a degree, and then a technical school, you can earn a certificate in some type of uh, applicable type of work. I used to work for a college and we had, in addition to our degree programs, we also had welding and we had electrical work, different things like that. I was learning when I was serving here at Rhema Bible Church, how to apply the things that I was learning at Rhema Bible Training College. And the people that I was serving with were pouring into my life, people like Brother Brian, People like Brother Dave, Froerip, those guys were pouring into my life things that I needed that when I left here, I was going to need. That I was going to go out and I was going to help people. And so they were pouring stuff into me so that when I left here, I was better prepared. What if they hadn't been faithful? What if they hadn't been true? 
they hadn't done what they knew they were supposed to do? Because they were, my life was different. How much does it affect people? I'll tell you a quick story real quick. I don't have much time left. Y'all doing okay? Good. I still don't have much time left, but I was just curious. <laughs> when... Uh, when I left here, I went and pastored a church and my brother, uh, who's also in ministry, he and his wife uh, are missionaries. They served as our youth ministers at the church, the first church that we pastored down in Southern Illinois. And, and so we, we ended up, we had a really good youth program there. We had a really good kids program there. Things were going great. And uh, we ended up getting called to do some other things. And my brother ended up actually coming out here to attend Rama. And he was, uh, he was also an usher while he was a student and then beyond the time that he was a student. And I sometimes wonder why he got a call quicker than I did. <laughs> I think he said he was better looking. But it's hard to hear up here. <laughs> he shared with me one time a, a story about something. He called me and he was excited about it, shared with me what was happening. And this will help you to understand why being in the right place matters to other people. He was serving in this church one evening and a guy came in the back door and the spirit of God said, go talk to that man. And so he went over, he could tell the guy was like, he was looking around, you know, cause this is a big place. If you've never been here before, he was looking around my brother said, good evening, sir. He said, how are you doing? He said, he said, oh, I'm doing real good. He said, I've never been here before. He said, my daughter told me, uh, he said, I, I, just, I just got out of prison. He said, I've been in for, I think he said 25 years. He said, my daughter told me this would be a good church to come to. And she had never been here. She went to a Rhema church and she said, there's a church. He said, I just got reacquainted with her. When I went to prison, he said, I lost all contact with her. Her mother took her out of the area. We ended up getting a divorce. And so he said, I didn't know where she was at. And he said, and so she told me that I should come here. And uh, my brother was like, oh, he said, well, we're glad you're here tonight. And he said, yeah, he said, uh, I'm finding out. He said, she lives in Illinois. And he said, I found out I've got three grandkids. And my brother said, right on the inside, he said, you know who those kids are. That's what he got on the inside. And he said, where does she live in Illinois, sir? And he, the guy said, oh, he said, you probably wouldn't know the name of the town. And the next thing he got was right here. My brother said, does she live in and said the town? And the guy said, how did you know that? He said, because I used to be a youth pastor in that town. And he said, those three grandkids you're talking about, he said, are their names... And he named all three of them. And the guy said, how could you know that? That can't be anything but God. How would you know that? You know, before that man left here, he received Christ as his Lord and Savior. But my brother was on assignment and didn't even know it. He was just being faithful to come out here and be where God had planted him. And because he was where God had planted him, God was able to use him in a service for a man he'd never met that was about 480 miles from that little town where my brother was the youth pastor in my church. I'm talking about being faithful to the position that God has called you to. 
It took faith to get you to where you are, but it takes faithfulness to keep you working in the position where God has called you to be. And someone needs your faithfulness. Amen? Oh, come on. I said someone needs your faithfulness. Man, I better stop. I talked too long. Why don't you stand to your feet? We didn't even finish up. There's so much more we could say. Stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. Praise the Lord. Guys, I want to encourage you. If you're here tonight, anywhere in this room, maybe the Lord's speaking to you. You might be online. Maybe the Lord is speaking to you about some things that he placed in your heart a long time ago. He called you uh, to where you're at right now for a purpose. Maybe you're sitting at home somewhere and you know he's called you to do something different and you just haven't done it yet. I want to encourage you to take that step of faith. But to everyone else who's begun the journey, I want to encourage you to stay in faithfulness. Take steps of faithfulness. Make a decision that there won't ever be any void in any area in the kingdom of God because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I'll never be the cause of holding back the blessings of the Lord. Because you know it takes us being faithful. I said it takes us being faithful. We're the hands and feet of Jesus, amen? Father, I pray for each and every person here tonight within the sound of my voice. Lord, that if they're, uh, Lord, you've spoken some things to their heart. Maybe it's been years ago. Maybe it's been in the last week. Places, things, areas that you've called them to. Lord, I ask you to give each and every one of them the opportunity to hear from the Holy Spirit and say yes to what you're calling them to do. And Lord, not because it brings blessings into their life, not because you're going to make them into something because they followed you. Lord, looking beyond that to what it's going to do for the millions of people that still need to hear the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Lord, that we'll all fulfill our call and our purpose, the thing that you've called us to, Lord, that we would be willing to say yes to what it is that you've called us to, Lord. We commit ourselves fresh and new. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I'm going to ask our our altar care team to come down. If you're here tonight and you need somebody to pray for you specifically or individually, these ladies and these men are standing in a place being faithful to what God has called them to do. Men and women of God that will believe God with you when you need somebody to believe with you. And so if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to rededicate your life, or you just need someone to pray with you about your children or about your job or about your health, they're here to pray with you. I want to encourage you, when we close this service tonight, you come down here, you let them pray with you. You let them believe God with you. They're your church family and they'll stand with you in faith. Amen. Oh God, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, you're so faithful. So faithful, Lord. 
I want to thank you guys for being so easy to preach to. What an honor to stand before you tonight. Believe in God's best for you. Amen. If you're watching online, let us know where you're watching from. We're praying and believing for you too. If you're sitting out there and you've been thinking about coming to Rama, yes. Yes, there's the answer. God bless you. You guys enjoy your evening. Be back this week, midweek service. Be here for Hour of Power. Amen. Love on your church family before you leave. Pastor Bill, anything else? All right, we love you guys. God bless you. Have a great evening. We'll see you soon.